Hello and welcome to the Art of Podcast, brought to you by Grand Lifestyle Magazine and the Public Arts Commission. I'm your host, Tammy Vignes, and I'm joined today by just two of my wonderful colleagues, Marla Defoe and Danielle Pekarski. Hello. Hello. How's it going, ladies? I don't know. It's a little lonely here without Dean. I know. But we'll we'll try. We're just staring at his empty chair. Just (laughs) his headphones are at rest. (laughs) I know. I actually had a dream about this podcast the other night, and I dreamt that the two people that we're interviewing today, I dreamt that they, um, and they're on the phone, um, but I dreamt that they showed up in studio, and then they unhooked everything, like all of the (laughs) headphones and the microphones, and then we had like an audience, which wasn't normal, and it was just kind of funny. So it's a weird little, I don't know, it doesn't really make any sense whatsoever, but I tend to dream about things that I do at work, so there you have it. Anyway, do you guys have like any hobbies or anything that you do, Danielle? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like scrapbooking um, or I I'm a big hobby starter, scrapbooking being one of them. <laughs> like and hobby starter. And uh yeah, I usually get a little distracted with usually Friday and Saturday. Right. <laughs> and don't end up returning <laughs> to my hobbies. Um in COVID, I started latch hooking. Oh, I don't even have any idea what that means. It could be fun. fishing or it could be knitting for all I know. Yeah, it's closer to knitting. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like um, like a punch board type of thing. Oh. Pat- punch hooking. I think that's a thing. Too. Okay. But hmm. I started making this like cute little frog and oh, have fun. not finished. And he's only but. like maybe the eyeballs or the, you know, wet little web toes. Yeah. <laughs> for funny. What about you, Marla? I would say my number one hobby is cooking. I mm, love to yep. cook. I can get I, behind that. I just playing with flavors and trying new things. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that's probably my favorite hobby. Other than that, my kids just keep me too darn busy to. Right, right. They have hobbies. To anything. Right? Exactly. My daughter did put down the guitar. She decided she wasn't going to play anymore. Oh, and then over COVID, sad. over COVID, I decided I was going to self-teach myself to right. play the guitar so I can now play three chords. Oh, well, that's three more than I can play. I know. I always, I, I had good intentions during COVID when we were all, you know, stuck at home that I was going to learn to play guitar. I was going to order a guitar online. I was going to, you know, YouTube tutorials, that kind of thing. And I play piano. So like I have a musical background, but I just, it was such a nice winter that year. So I just spent a lot of time walking my dogs and then I didn't, or my dog, I guess I just had one at the time. And yeah, I never got around to doing anything. So I don't really have much of a hobby either. I always have like kind of good intentions with, you know, wanting to start things, mm-hmm. but I don't even get so far as to actually start them. Oh, I did one time ask for, I just remembered this and sorry if my brother-in-law happens to be listening. One year I asked for, <laughs> for like a coloring book, like an adult coloring book for Christmas because they said, oh, it's supposed to, you know, really be mindless, but soothing. And yet you feel like you complete something. And I was always like a good colorer as a kid. (laughs) And (laughs) it's literally like he gave it to me in like this really nice, like canvas bag. And it's like all these, you know, nice pens and markers and, you know, it's floral coloring book. And it literally has been hanging on the chair in my walk-in closet for probably pretty close to like 10 years so sorry about that anthony so i do have (laughs) an adult coloring book that is also sitting empty but it has adult words right yes mine is just uh, i I think maybe i could have started that one if it had to pass that one on to you (laughs) and see if you can embrace your inner i I need some stuff to hang around my my little cubby here at work so that sounds like good decor Well, anyway, so it sounds like our hobbies are kind of lame compared to our two our two guests who just co-produced an indie horror film called Loon, and they've been showing it um, 
their film around the area at local theaters for um, the last several weeks. So help me welcome Kale and Charles Eikhoff. Welcome. Hi, guys. Howdy. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. So you guys are cousins, that's correct? Yes. Awesome. So you guys, have you always had this... I mean, just tell me about this process. Like, I feel like this might be our one and only time that we ever get to, like, interview somebody who's produced a, a film. Like, how did this come to be? Um, well, yeah, Charles and I, we were just uh, hanging out at the lake. It was beginning of the pandemic. So um, I, I work in Los Angeles. Um, and it, um, obviously no one was going into work at that time. Right. It was just right when it first hit. And we were just hanging out and just wasting a lot of time and um, watching a lot of movies and uh, we kind of just had this one-off um, just my mom she said Loontanic so we started joking about like <laughs> Titanic but right. with loons as a movie and then kind of like <laughs> that turned into sat- satanic loons and, like what would that what would that entail right and, um, Charles and I kind of um, we um, just kind of mulled the idea over and we um, and um you know, we're just talking about it amongst each other. We kept telling each other, "Hey, let's let's not tell anyone about this. Let's let's stop talking about it." You know, but we just kept talking about it. And um, I guess the level of embarrassment got to the point where we we just started writing it. And then <laughs> once we started writing, um, we wanted to shoot it, so we were able to actually finish the script in just six days. Wow, I can't finish anything in six days, let alone a film script. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's awesome. So, do you have? I mean, you said you live in LA. Do you are you in the the industry already? Or I mean, did you? How did you know yeah, what to um, do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've been working in the industry like professionally for like fifteen years. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, I worked at Warner Brothers. I just got laid off in December, right before the holidays. That was pretty cool. Oh, lame. Years, but yeah, I mean that's. But um, yeah, I I have an idea of what to do. I've never like completed a feature script at this point, and I've never like done a feature. But you know, I've done hundreds of videos of different uh, thousands, probably. You know, that's all I do for work. So I knew like I have the confidence that I can make something. I can get it done. So it's like, but having Charlie by my side, you know, he's just like a really smart kid, and really anything that he puts his mind to, he can get done. So having that second, you know second body the mm-hmm. second brain in there um it kind of just you know snowballed yeah and, it's always uh, easier to bounce ideas off of another person and you know maybe they bring something a little bit different to the table yeah and then not to mention i always forget about this because charlie was so involved in the production of it he's actually the the main actor he's the lead character of okay the thing too and that was um really instrumental in us actually being able to pull off the shoot which was only 12 days Wow. Because, you know, we always had the two of us and we had our, you know, pretty um, bare bones production set up, which <laughs> was just, um, you know, two lavalier microphones um, all in one. So it's just, you know, there's a little clip mic by yep. the lapel or something you'd hide. And that would just wire down to a little um, a little recorder with a micro SD card in it. So we didn't have to worry about wireless transmitting or anything like that. It was just you set that to record and then, it you know, you stick it up later and then sure. you just had... Um, you know, the, the camera setup that I was used to using for work at the time. So I, I, we just, you know, I didn't want to complicate things with, right. you know, trying to use a new camera or, you know, new equipment. Um, it was already going to be complicated enough just to, to, you know, complete this, you know, massive project in that time. Right, right. Absolutely. So, Charlie, do you have, um, you, were, you said you're the main actor. Um, had you acted in, in anything else before? 
Um, you know, oddly enough, not not particularly, <laughs> barring maybe like a, a fifth grade, you know, like right. class production. All the um, things that we were all forced to do. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, I, I like to think, you know, I kind of use this as an excuse as to why it's possible. You know, life is but a stage, um, as cliche as that is. No, and, I like that. Um, you know, just, just going into the, the whole project, you know, believing uh, that I could do it. Um, I think that way it just never really slowed myself down and. Um, you know, we were able to execute and like Kale said, you know, we couldn't afford but to, um, you know, really keep things light with just the two of us. So so having mm-hmm. myself as the main fixture and um, getting everyone else to kind of jump on board because we do have, a, you know, a very extensive cast list. Um, yeah, I mean, given, I, given I, the type of production it is. So, right. Um, it, it was awesome to, to march through it and um, having you know been involved with writing the script. Um, you know, I think that definitely helped uh, to, to a certain degree as well. Right. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I have watched um, the trailer. And yeah, I mean, there was, you know, a handful of people for sure in the trailer itself that, um, you know, obviously were in the, the movie. So did you, you know, how did you enlist the help of these people? Did you entice them with, you know, beer and pizza or was it just like family members you coerced into helping you out or how did that process work? Yeah. So throughout writing the script, um, you know, we're at the lake and so there's a lot of family around, a lot of family, friends and, you know, keeping in mind what we were writing we had ideas for particular characters. I'd sing about Mario Scazzano as a, for instance, who's a, a co-lead um, and kind of my mentor in the film that, um, you know, guides me along and helps me, uh, you know, win the day ultimately. But uh, I just remember like if Kale and I, we we're writing the script six days is up and immediately afterwards running it over to, to Mario's house. And, uh, you know, there's kind of this, uh, perception that, you know, if we couldn't get Mario to do it, well, we're just not going to like move forward at all. But, um, <laughs> Mario, uh, you know, he, he took it on, uh, w- with a smile and, and nice. from there it, the ball was just rolling. And from that point, you know, our parents got involved and, um, we got some members from the Crookston uh, community theater, um, Anders Bregerin and uh, Anna Huck as well. She was instrumental uh, in, in the film's process and brought some um, kind of more conventional acting experience to the table. So right. um, we were very fortunate, I think, how things fell into place. But at the same rate, you know, it didn't didn't not require um, kind of like a, a level of nimbleness and, and you know, continually adapting to the circumstances. Because at one point, uh, Anna Huck's character, you know, was being played by someone else and then that person wasn't necessarily able. So that's how we came upon Anna Huck. And and Mm -hmm. then the other character ended up being able to play someone else. So um, definitely didn't, uh, you know, stick to expectations or really even have any for that matter. Just, just rolled with the punches and, um, you know, a little luck sprinkled in. We we ended up with a a pretty cool end product. So, yeah, that's awesome. So um, did you always have, you know, I mean, just in mind, like, you know, producing a a film, I mean, what made you land on like making it this horror film versus, you know, like a feel good, happy go lucky kind of, kind of thing. Like, was there something that like swayed your decision that way? You're like, okay, yes, let's make these loons just completely nuts and, (laughs) and make this kind of scary. I mean, I think it still is pretty feel good, happy go lucky, you know, like it's, it's in a weird pocket. It's not like, I want to say it's like a straight horror movie, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a send off, a send up of, you know, uh, that, of, of horror movies. It's not a spoof, but it's more of like a, you know, like a light satire, sure. you know, so okay. we incorporated um, all our favorite parts of bad movies, all our favorite parts of good <laughs> movies. And we just knew what we were dealing with, you know, right. we, we couldn't go out and, you know, maybe we could go make, um, 
some really artsy father-son drama thing, you know, but like right. we, we wanted to make a, a feature so we could feel confident um, asking for people to get involved because we knew the end product would be worth it. You know, like mm-hmm. if we were just going to go out and make a short film, I don't, that wouldn't be worth anybody's time. You know right, what I mean? Right. <laughs> what do you do with that? You put it on YouTube or something? But yeah. Now, uh, now we're playing in theaters and it's a whole thing, but that's very cool. Um, yeah. We kind of just knew we had to play into what we had uh, available to us. And we knew that we could make kind of like a, uh, a fun little genre film right. based off of, you know, what we had. And, and so like the subject matter, make it something that was, you know, easily accessible, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to probably convince someone to watch a fun little horror movie than it is to watch, you know, based around something we all relate to, like the loon. Right, right. You to do something, you know, more serious or. Yeah. And you guys shot the film um, in mostly local areas. You said you're at the lake and it, it was Union Lake. Is that correct? Did I? Yep. 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 Union Lake. Yeah. Uh, Okay. In Polk County. Yep, that's uh, my my stomping grounds. I skied many a many a time on that lake. I grew up um, very nearby, so I'm very familiar. Um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, anybody that's from the area, uh, certainly, you know, even if they haven't been there, they can certainly recognize the name and and probably have some sort of tie tie to the area. So you guys have been. Um, how long have you been showing your film? When did you finish up production? When did you start launching um, your your theater? Uh, tour. Uh, well, um, so uh, one year, less than one year after we completed the shooting of the film, we had like a, a rough cut um, uh, debut, more or less, premiere. And that was during Oxcart Days Festival in Crookston. So we sold out both screens. And like that, that day, we were still getting shots in from, you know, CG shots, uh, VFX shots in from you know, India and Pakistan and Russia and stuff. And we were just throwing them together right up to the last minute. We even um, broke into the apartment at the Grand Theater to kind of gather wall and try to get another export going after the show was already supposed to start. So we had our buddy out there buying us time. Oh, wow. That was crazy. <laughs> and then uh, like a year and a half later, we finally get the version with all the all the music that we have the rights to and all the final everything. So it took longer to polish it than it did to actually like put together that first cut. Yeah. I'm sure there are lots of little details that kind of come into play sort of once, once the, you know, brunt of the movie is laid out all the, like you said, the soundtrack and and whatever else kind of some special effects and that kind of thing that you might have to sort of wait on. Yeah. Most of those effects were in, you know, the first time around, but we kind of refined them a little bit here and there. But I guess to answer your question more directly, um, we had two shows last weekend in Crookston and then on this um, past, or I guess two weekends ago, then this past Friday, we started playing our four shows a day at the River Cinema. Very nice. Um, how long is the film itself? 85 about, minutes. Yeah, yeah. What was that? 85 minutes. 85 more minutes. Or less. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So plenty of time to eat a bucket of popcorn and. <laughs> <laughs> and watch that's very cool so how did that work in terms of um getting the the theaters on board with this did you just you know get in touch with them and say hey you know we're we've got local ties to the area we produce this film how do you feel about running it is that a what's that process like yeah so locally um you know crookson's 
pretty tight knit community. Mm-hmm. Um, so an associate producer on the project, Bo Broby, he's actually, you know, he doesn't have the official title, uh, you know, the de facto um, manager of, of the Crookston Grand Theater. And so, you know, I'm friends with Bo. We play a hockey league on Sunday nights, so on and so forth. So he was readily accessible from the start, you know, when we were trying to show it, uh, you know, the rough cut version, mm-hmm. uh, Oxcart Days 21. Um, and then, you know, given the, the more uh, family theater umbrella, if you will, um, moving over into East Grand Forks with the, the help of Penny Stye there. Um, you know, she was more than welcoming. I know they've shown um, some other independent films there in the past. So um, they're, they're large proponents of, you know, trying to get local work like this out in front of the public. Um, so relatively, um, you know, easygoing uh, in the local scene. And um, there's still a lot of avenues to explore. We've got some theater rentals. Um, you know, in, in Minneapolis, St. Paul coming up here at the beginning of the month. Um, Duluth, too, the, yeah. The, the Duluth, too. Uh, Lifkin Fargo, um, trying to play or will be playing sometime in February, actually, at the UMC campus in, in Crookston. So, oh, cool. um, you know, fortunate to, you know, have a lot of good ties with, mm-hmm. within the communities that kind of branch into other things. And, um, yeah, so we're really, re- really fortunate to, to have a plane at the river. That's uh, a super, super cool thing uh, to, to be doing. Yeah, no kidding. Is it still, and it's still playing? It is, yep, until February 2nd. Okay, so I've got so some time. Don't worry, to, everyone, yep. you still got time. <laughs> Perfect, yeah, February yeah. 2nd, awesome. <laughs> yes. yeah, then, I, yeah, as soon as that runs done, then we're in the cities, and then we're in Duluth, so it kind of keeps going, yeah. you know, it's not done then. And, um, and they said, you know, if people keep coming, then they'll keep showing it, and um, the first couple shows were a little slow, you know, matinees on a, on a weekday. And right. Then, um, I was sticking around and like running the merch table and stuff, <laughs> you know, by the, by our last show on Saturday, you know, we're starting to get, you know, some real crowds and, right. and people are talking about it. You know, uh, this guy Vern came and then he, he came back again the next day. Right. Right. Well, I feel like, you know, we're lucky to live in an area where there's a lot of community support for projects like this. It seems like, you know, like you said, maybe they're a little slow at the get go, but you know, somebody tells somebody else and, you know, that person tells somebody else. And, you know, it's kind of an encouraging sort of climate that, you know, people do show up for things because it's, you know, it doesn't happen every day where somebody, you know, does something that's pretty out of the box. So very cool. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a blessing in disguise to have such low expectations, you know, like no one's really expecting much <laughs> right. when they come to the theater and then, you know, they're happy, they leave happy. Like, right. I, I left the theater and, you know, I heard this guy saying, well, this is the funniest movie I've ever seen. Oh, that's so awesome. Like, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, low expectations, I'm cool with that. Right, exactly, yes, because there's only one way to go and that's up, so very cool. Sounds like we need a field trip tomorrow I know. afternoon. I, yeah, I, right? I feel like that yeah. sounds like I a really like good idea. idea. Yep. yep. I did I did sort of drop that in the boss's direction as far as, you know, some research for the film, that kind of yeah, thing. So right. I you know, I well I should have done research uh-huh. for the podcast is what I mean. And right. but I just sounds like a great idea, you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we Maybe I'll just extra butter yeah, right. I'll just I'll tell them that it didn't actually work out to do the podcast today, so we need to go see the movie first and we're recording this podcast later because really they don't right. know. <laughs> like he's gonna listen. Right. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. So do you guys have more um like films that you're I mean is this just kind of the the start of things do you think you'll continue yeah. producing stuff I'm waiting to hear about Loon too right <laughs> and yes is there is there room for a sequel like how does I'm, so many questions 
Well, um, yeah, so I made this, you know, and I, we already did our show, our first show, and I had a cut of the movie, and a buddy of mine from St. Paul, uh, Alex Howard, he got a grant um, from HBO to produce something, and was kind of, didn't really know what to do with it, and, you know, I talked to him about Loon, and then I came on as a producer, and Charlie uh, came on as production manager, and so the following summer after we shot Loon, we shot um, this uh, HBO pilot called Point Unknown, and, um, you know, for Loon, Charlie and I paid for all the upfront production costs ourselves. But this time around, we had a little bit of money to work with. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get a little more of a crew going. And, you know, um, having Charlie and I with our heads up and not down in the camera or in front of the camera the whole time, we were able to really support Alex. And, um, you know, we made it looked like a $5 million TV show. And we made it for, you know, one hundredth of that cost. You know, so. <laughs> From my math is right. It might have been a thousand of the cost, you know. So it was like, <laughs> so yeah, we did that last summer. We kind of we were thinking about making something happen, but uh, regrettably we didn't. I thought I was going to have to go back and do a couple shows in L.A. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're kind of looking to see how this plays out, and um, yeah, I'm definitely looking to make something soon, and hopefully I can get Charlie involved as well. Yeah, a very cool little family family business. So do you show up? Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Do you, um, do you make like a big deal of like your first night at the theater as far as, um, like a show? I know you said you had a couple like matinees where they just sort of started out, but do you do like a, you know, anything extra special that first night? Do you guys show up? Do you try to make it like fancy, like a premiere? Is there a red carpet? Yeah. 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 Well, when we did the, the, the first kind of rough cut showing um, and Oxcar days, that kind of like filled the, the spot for, you know, doing that, that kind of activity. We did have the red carpet with, you know, some champagne pre-party for some of the, the, the contributors and, nice. and so on and so forth. And um, just with the buzz of Oxcar days, that, that helped a lot. Um, and then, you know, our second uh, time coming to the Grand with the, with the finished product, um, you know, we definitely had some meet and greet going on, uh, you know, inside the, the, the vestibule area there at the theater. Um, but I can't say we, we didn't do anything particularly special at the River Cinema other than, you know, just trying to you mm-hmm. know, be cordial to everyone that came up to support the project, try to sell them a T-shirt. Um, but we, we really did have, have, have a bit of a red carpet event um, when we showed that first rough cut. You know, so many of the cast um, right. and their family members were, were super, um, you know, curious, obviously, to kind of see a glimpse of it for the first time. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we've recently got some sponsors for um, our mini our uh, Twin City showing. So um, they want to do some red carpet type event for the second in uh, at the Grand uh, Grandview Theater in St. Paul. Okay. So kind of um, you know we'll, we'll do a Twin Cities premiere. We'll call it, I guess. Sure, sure. That's yeah. That's that's very cool. I I can't even imagine all the work that kind of goes into to some of that stuff. Um, yeah. So you said you happened to mention your, your budget and how you footed the bill for the most part, the first show. Um, and now you're working on, on getting some sponsors for, for any subsequent activities. You yeah, might- well, um, after we, after we, you know, got the film in the can, um, kind of something, there, there was kind of like something bad that happened to us on set that ended up kind of maybe being a blessing. Um, one of our scenes we shot, it's actually the scene with uh, Anna Huck's character where she's like in the woods at night and almost the entire movie takes place during the day. So it's like hard to make that, you know, really scary. So this was like our big scary scene, you know, 
Oh, that that SD card corrupted, so oh, we're like, oh no. oh no, you know, like and that was one of the only scenes that Charlie wasn't on on camera for. So, you know, he was able to help behind the scenes, and we really shot that scene well. But then it was gone, so we were like, okay, we need a thousand dollars to go to the the file repair place and see if they can bring it back. That kind of started our uh, fundraising efforts, and uh, we were looking at different GoFundMe like things. And um, after we learned that, you know, they say, well, most of the money comes from people you know anyway. So we're like, well, why would we cut you guys in? So we just uh, <laughs> raised money via our own website. Right. We got grants, like, from the Northwest Minnesota Arts Council. Basically, that's the money that would go to kids going to theater camp. Oh, sure. With the pandemic, there was no theater camp. So, you know, we got some of that. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of worked out in your favor. <laughs> right. Yeah, we raised enough to kind of keep the post-production line for a while, but of course we eventually ran out of money and just kind of had to get back on that ourselves. Sure, sure. And we definitely had help from the community, of, from individuals and from organizations. Very good. Yeah, so uh, you said you have a f- couple things that you're working on in the, in the queue. When can we expect to, to see any of that? When do you think it would be put out to the public? I uh, cannot confirm nor deny any of any of the details <laughs> on that. Uh, should just worry about seeing Loon first. Right, right. Conversation. There you go. Perfect. So where can our listeners follow your shenanigans? Um, you have a website, social media presence. Yep. Um, there's a Instagram page. Uh, it's Loon Movie 2023. Um, there's, a, um, there's a Facebook page, uh, Loon the Movie. Uh, the website is, uh, Charlie, it's loon-movie.com, correct? Yeah, loon-movie.com. Okay. Did you use real... So between real... those three places, okay. yeah, to catch up. <laughs> Did you use any real loons in the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was one day specifically we, we rented, you know, a, a lens, uh, you know, specifically designed to kind of get, you know, good images of... Uh, nature or other objects from a distance and, and we got out on the boat for a day and just um, spent the whole day trying to find loons to shoot. We're, we're, we're mildly successful in, in between some of that and some stock footage um, that, that took right. care of everything and of course uh, relying on, on the special effects for, for making the, the birds do the, the crazy stuff. Right, but right. Some no loons were injured in the footage. filming of this movie. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's important. We don't, we don't need the actual DNR on Right. Case. Exactly. <laughs> you guys will be served with warrants for your arrest after this podcast. No, I can't imagine that loons are very trainable. They seem rather elusive and a little, right. bit, a little bit skittish. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, they're very yeah. independent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Well, that's, that's why they're a p- perfect fixture for the movie. You know, people do kind of have this, like they love them, but they also kind of feel a little bit, um, you know, that there's a little bit unassuming, you know, loons are, right. are kind of elusive and they are a little bit, you know, the red eyes, the red eyes are know. scary. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that, that was, that kind of came into play later when we wanted to get more audio of the loon. So like we would just be hanging out and like, we hear a loon outside we grab the audio. <laughs> Uh, They'd be gone, you know. So. Well, of course, isn't that how it always works? I can just see you guys running outside with like your microphone on a like a stick, <laughs> and, like trying to capture this these loon sounds. Yeah, and it, isn't that always how it works? Is you know when you're not ready for it, something good happens, and then you yep. go get all your equipment or whatever it happens to be, and you know the opportunity goes away. Yeah, well, that's that kind of reminds me of something else. Like 
Yeah, um, there were you know some real loons in the movie, but also there are a lot of real um, a lot of real insects and other animals oh. involved. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is Jerry the pelican. Oh. We were shooting um, this scene, and this pelican just kind of came up to us, and like we gave it some tuna or something, and he's just like <laughs> being really friendly and, and hanging around us. So we kind of like incorporated him into the scene. Well, right, he and just then, wanted his um, cameo. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> Dream super bizarre. This is my yeah, film debut. Be able to give, give him a whole like character arc. In the <laughs> right. Comes back like five times in the movie, and he's like one of my favorite characters now. Oh, for, for sure. funny! Did you? Uh, is he on the the end credits at all when you when you give credit? Oh, to everybody? I forgot about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I I uh, can't say that I've ever been to a, a locally produced. Um, movie in in the theaters so i'm pretty excited about that so i am as well yeah, yeah. and i do really like the idea Shirls. of ditching work and making this a field trip situation so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I well mean. yes awesome i'm thank you guys for for joining us today um i do have do you do you ladies have any other questions for our guests i'm ready for the would you rather you're ready for the would you rather <laughs> i am yeah will you guys indulge me with a little game of would you rather <laughs> okay, oh, so sure. well, I guess okay. one in Rome. Well, yes, one in Rome. One in Rome. I usually try to make it. I mean, you know, of course, I've got some ones that I can't say on the air in I my heard brain. Some but, hesitation in their yeah. in, in their answer there. <laughs> but I I do tailor these for you know anyone who's listening, and I try to make it sound make it involve something that we we talked about today. So this is a very G rated. Would you rather? Okay, so would you rather? So I'll I'll ask Kale first. Would you rather? Never be able to eat popcorn while at the movie theater ever again for the rest of your life, or you have to give up candy for the rest of your life. Well, I'm gonna let me weigh the options. Uh, <laughs> so, popcorn's great, obviously, it's your, probably your first choice, but there's a lot of other stuff you can get there, right? Um, I do love candy, but you know, it's not good for you, so I guess, like, for like making this into a health decision, let me just <laughs> cut candy out. Okay, okay, call. There you go, Charlie. What about you? Um, gosh, you know, I suppose it, it wouldn't be a good question unless it, it made you think a little right. bit. Uh, you know, I'd have to stick with the candy though. I've got, I've got a bit of a sweet tooth. Um, popcorn is super, super great, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go, go in the direction of candy. Gotcha. Uh, so I'll you're giving up the movie theater popcorn. Okay. Unfortunately, cause that is, that is an enjoyment. Jeez. <laughs> Take away candy. Uh, All right. <laughs> okay. So we've got one on each side right now. Yeah. Danielle, what are you, what are you choosing? I like Kale's reasoning. I yep. think it's probably in my best interest if I pick popcorn and just cut the candy <laughs> right. out for good. Right. Right. Yep. I I get it. Marla? See, now I was looking for a loophole because you said because you said popcorn at the movie theater. Right, I yeah. did. Yes, or there is that. All yep. candy. Right. However, there's no popcorn like movie theater popcorn. I know. I mean like I know. there there is there is no popcorn that even closely compares so honestly i think i'm gonna you know i i think i'm gonna give up candy because mm -hmm. i have to if i'm at a movie i have to have a big old right. bucket with extra butter it it's just right to be done 
Yep. And I feel like that's one of the only places too where you can just no shame mm-hmm. shovel it in. Oh your yes, mouth absolutely. For like eighty five no. minutes. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, no one's seen that you ate that gallon of popcorn no. by yourself. Right. Right. The lights go down. The music comes up. <laughs> Everyone can see the butter stains all over yeah. your shirt. Yeah. Like grease. And if you're not eating candy, then you can drink right. that much more soda. Exactly. Right. Exactly. There you go. I too am. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you could, you threw me for a loop there. Or I feel like kettle corn. Mm, yeah, I think like. Well, I guess to be fair, I mean, I did just say popcorn in the movie theater, so yeah. that means at your leisure, whilst not in the theater, you can enjoy yourself some caramel corn or kettle corn or See, I cheddar asked, corn. Can I go to the movie theater and buy the movie theater popcorn? Then the no, movie? I feel like movie theater uh, popcorn implies see. movie theater popcorn. Ah, like, you know, yes. No, you're always just trying to find it. Sorry, I missed half the movie, but I was in the bathroom eating popcorn. <laughs> well, I think during the pandemic, the movie theater actually did sell. You could like buy like trash bags of movie theater popcorn. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Home. Yes, like, they were being very it, resourceful. Like, giant bags of movie theater popcorn, <laughs> like. Oh. And then when you're in your home, there's absolutely zero. Shit. Right, like, right. You can right. just sit in that garbage bag of popcorn <laughs> if you want to and just have a field day. Right. Yeah, I'm giving up the candy, too. I mean, I love, like you said, there is no popcorn like movie theater popcorn with the butter or whatever that stuff is that they put on it. I mean, I want my popcorn glistening when they hand it to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like where like it's almost wet. Borderline right. soggy. Yeah, yeah, right. borderline soggy. And then yep. I like, you know, it's always a fun treat when they... When you get to the second half of the popcorn where they've put that other layer of uh-huh. butter, because yes. you think, yep, yeah, it is. Right. It's like it started all over again and it's just so fun. So I, that's, <laughs> yes, that's what I would choose as well. So, yeah. well, perfect. Well, thank you again, gentlemen, for joining us today and um, good luck with the the rest of your, your film tour. Um, the three of us will be going to see it soon before it leaves the the local theater so yes, you can see it at river cinema yes. until february 2nd yes so yep. everybody and get out it's only and five see bucks. It. oh nice so it's, it's yes five it's only five bucks right okay so win-win so and then you can popcorn. get more money a really big tub popcorn. of popcorn exactly. yes perfect <laughs> all right well thank you gentlemen and yes good luck to you and we'll look forward to seeing uh seeing this film along with plenty others Oh, yeah, this was fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Enjoy the movie. Yes. (laughs) Will do.